It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, let's go in the lab. In the lab, and we're nine straight wins. And this is really fun, John. It's weird, too, isn't it? It's weird in a good way. It reminds me in some ways of 2012. reminds me in some ways of 2011. But it's still very, very different from those teams and what was going on then. As I was driving home yesterday, you know, because we work for the team, we're in a different situation. But as I was driving home yesterday, I was thinking, in the years ahead, I don't know if it's going to be next year. I don't know if it's going to be six years. I don't know if it's going to be ten years. But in the years ahead, this is a time to look back on and think, ah, oh, those were some good old days, you know? Yeah, so I hope in, so. We're in the midst of some good old days, nine straight. That's I, fun. I Just, think, it, it, this is not the, the end result. This is not what we're satisfied absolutely. with. But this is fun. This journey right now is fun. Well, I think that's the I think that's the biggest key, Drew, and you, you hit on it. We've got to make sure that we all enjoy the journey aspect of this. I mean, that that's the thing. I keep finding myself going, okay, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? That's why sometimes it's fun for me to do the replay show because I do t- I do have to stop and look back and go, you know what? That was a pretty good win. That was really fun. But this has been this has been good for the city of Houston. This has been good. Uh, you just touched on it, and I want to expound on that because there's always going to be an edge at times when you work for a pro sports team. You know, you, everyone wants the ultimate prize naturally. Right. But the edge has been dulled a bit in a good way, and when I say edge, I mean you go around town and. People are just a little bit happier to, to talk a little Texans with you. People Absolutely. are, you know, at the game the other day, there's lots of thumbs up and lots of, <laughs> like, raised eyebrows. And, hey, man, that you know, it's just it's a more pleasant time when you are rolling like this. And we've never seen a team roll to nine straight wins like this. Now, I know in 2012, early December, you're 11-1. and one, mm-hmm. When the uh, sun set on Thanksgiving Day that year, you were 10-1. and one. So different set of circumstances. But um, I'll just say this. Back with Matt Schaub, you thought good things could happen. You could play in the big game. But with Deshaun Watson, I think all things are possible. I don't I don't see really any limitations. And I'm not saying it's a Super Bowl this year, but I'm just saying I wouldn't bet against this dude. We can do some good things. There's no question. Yeah. I think when we put all three phases together, I this is the more I watch this team at home, I feel like the last couple of games, Tennessee and in Cleveland, I feel like we still have left points out on the field. Yeah, and now, I'm, I'm glad you said is, that because we're gonna. I'll get into the table of contents in a minute, but I'm gonna touch back on that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've left some on the field, and and I think that's good. But we've been getting contributions from all three phases, which mm-hmm. has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this quick story. We lost uh, week three to Giants. Lost to Giants, mm-hmm. and I needed to get my hair cut because my hair gets long. I get this big like, yep, you know, poofy you know, Afro, and I need to get it cut. So I go after work one day to a local establishment, and I get my hair cut. And as I'm, I'm wearing my Texans gear, as I always do, as you do, as we all do. Mm-hmm. And so I go to sit in the chair, and they're trying to make small talk, which I hate. Any Anybody that cuts my hair from now on, just cut my hair. Just ask me yeah. how I want it, and then just leave me be. And you, so, you need to work on that as a friend. I'm telling you this. No, you, need, you need to work on your small talk a little. No, bit. I, I mean my small talk's okay when I when I want it to be, but most of the time it's not. So, anyways, <laughs> she says to me, "Oh, are you a Texas fan?" And I'm like, 
I, I stop and I don't say anything. And I'm like, well, I mean, I work for the team. And she goes, well, does that mean you have to be a fan? And I was like, whoa. So flash forward about five, six weeks. The next time I had to go get my hair cut, I go back to that place. Because I didn't want to go back to that place because I didn't want to see that woman. Sure. But I go back to that place, and it's a different group, and I walk in, and I'm wearing my Texans gear, and it's like, oh, Texans gear. I mean, it was like <laughs> night and day different. And I just remember chuckling when they – because I still have my you know, Texans pullover on, and I just uh-huh. was chuckling like, boy, things have changed, man. That was, at, I think, five wins, maybe five or six wins. Now sure. we're at nine. Double that up, basically. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting just to see how things have changed. And There's been a shift. There will be a time at which I go back, and I, I go find all my mentions – from the first three weeks. Is there going to be a day of pettiness where you... Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, I'm, probably. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably at some point. All right, John, before I get into the table of contents, uh, we want to remind you, you can listen many different ways to this podcast. You can listen on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. If you listen to us on iTunes, thanks so much. Leave us a message. Leave us a rating, please, of stars. And um, those comments kind of help us out because it lets us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Let's us know whether or not you love us, but most of all, just lets us know that you're listening. And for that, we really do appreciate it. But table of contents, John, going to uh, look back at a key first quarter against the Browns, set the tone. I'm going to look back at the, the last two games combined with a very odd stat that's been very good for the Texans. And then the score will be much lower against the Colts than it was. And I say combined score between these two teams, much lower than it was in September, October. Okay, you ready? Hmm. All right, but let's get into this first quarter. It was the recipe for a runaway because you held the ball on two possessions. The first one, you burn off, you know, six and a half minutes off the clock, and you get a field goal. You're up 648. Yeah. You You want a touchdown, obviously, every time you get the ball. But you don't get one, but still, you burn 648 off the clock. Then... Cleveland gets the ball, three and out. Held See the ball ya. just for under two minutes. Next one, you go on your touchdown drive. You burn off a lot more time, and you're up 10-zip when the quarter ends. You held the ball for 12 minutes and 26 seconds. Cleveland had the ball for two minutes and 34 seconds. You basically held the ball 10 more minutes than they did in the first quarter, and when the first quarter ends, they're staring up at a 10 nothing deficit. And because of that, Nick Chubb only gets to run nine times. He only gets 31 yards. Gets a touchdown, but nine times, John, 31 yards. He came in. He and Duke Johnson, they came in averaging five and a half a pop. They were really, really effective running the ball. They weren't effective against the Texans. Meanwhile, you go 39 carries for 187 yards. You suffocate them. I mean, you absolutely suffocate them, and it's because of what you were able to do in that first quarter you make them throw 43 times, and when you're going to throw more times you throw the ball, you open yourself up to some, some more problems there, and that's what we saw. No doubt. That, that first drive to me, there were, there were a few things to that, to, that edge and, to that end, and I will also point to a drive that started at the end of the first quarter that went into the second that I thought was one of the more underrated drives in the game. But the, the Browns won the toss mm-hmm. and deferred. Which I, I, I would do too. I mean, even though I've, I've got a pretty good offense and I, and I like getting out of the gate fast. You th- they thought they I had just, a pretty good defense too. Yeah, you they, know? they felt like and they... And they would get the ball off the break. Yeah, they thought they would get some I'm turnovers. Yeah. They get the ball to start second half. Yeah, however. But 
if you get the ball to start the game, especially at home, you got to go down and score. Three or seven. You got to go down and score. And the Texans did that. And they got that third, the third and 15 conversion from Watson to Hopkins, which I think may be Deshaun's best throw all year. I mean, that uh-huh. throw was a gem. They weren't able to do anything after that. They had to kick the field goal, but they're up 3 nothing. That was big to get that. that. To get points, take time off the clock, to go down and do it. And I, I think ultimately Bill O'Brien would like to score probably a little bit faster, get the ball back, all that, and obviously score seven. But they weren't able to do that. But they got the field goal, and they're up 3 nothing. Now, at that point, you, you led the whole way in this game mm-hmm. because of that, because you start 3 nothing. You get the 3 and out. Then you get the punt return from DeAndre Carter, which gets called back. A 70-yard punt return. Which could have been worse because he did fumble the ball. Now, yeah. the Browns would have had it inside their five, but regardless. They'd start the drive at 18. Go 82 yards, great drive. I mean, the number of number of plays on that drive, Jordan Thomas, 15-yard catch. Demarius Thomas had a catch on that drive, if I remember correctly as well. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has uh, had a catch for 14 or 24 yards, and then Jordan Thomas gets the touchdown. You're up 10 to nothing. Now, we got up 10 nothing on Tennessee, or Tennessee got up 10 nothing on us. And what happened? You I don't the, think you, Tennessee you, relaxed. You put the throttle down, right. and you ran away from those guys. Right. That was not even a – it was a speed bump. Yeah, ten, it was a ten nothing deficit is usually a lot bigger deal to deal with. That was a speed bump for the Texans yeah. two nights ago. Or I didn't think ago. it would be a speed bump for Cleveland, but I've seen that before. We're home team coming off a big win Monday night or a big win. They're playing a team that everybody in the building thinks or knows it should. you should beat them. Yeah. It should beat them pretty soundly. Now you got a 10 nothing lead. I've seen teams relax. Mm-hmm. And just just a brief just brief second. Because you're up ten nothing. And you dominated the first quarter. Dominated. You ran uh let's see, ten you ran twenty three plays to their five. But right after we go up ten nothing, they Callaway for six, Mayfield hits Landry for sixteen, mm-hmm. hits Landry again for seven. It's second and three, and they're in our territory. And I'm like, well, that was too easy on those first three plays. But then they clamp down, the Texans do. And it's that throw to David Njoku. They yep. tried to flip Njoku out to the flat, and Whitney was the first one there. Played it perfectly. Didn't make the tackle, but there were a lot of dudes that got there. That ended up being a five-yard loss. That set up third and eight. Pass got knocked down on third and eight. He couldn't find anybody. Looked for Duke Johnson, but it was out of bounds. Now it's third and eight. You're at the 49-yard line. You got a punt. They punted to the Texans. Texas flipped the field position, and now you're kind of back where you want to be at that point, up 10 to nothing. You get the pick at 17 nothing, and now it's pretty much ballgame. Now, a half could always go worse, but it really couldn't go too much worse for the Browns because they had technically six possessions, but one of those was they received a kickoff, and they had one second left on the clock. Yeah. So five possessions, they go punt, punt, interception, interception, interception. Or as I like to say, punt, punt, pick, pick, pick. Boom! If you like the alliteration, and you're you're twenty three nothing down at the half. I mean, it was it was an insurmountable thing. And I want to talk about this because one hundred twenty minutes have been played the last two games. Yep. You play the Titans, you play the Browns. Yep. You win both of those by double digits. But John, you led by double digits in those two games for eighty five minutes and six seconds. So wow. for more than three quarters of the past two games, you've been on cruise control. You've been leading by 10 or more points. That's dominance. I don't care what you say. I don't yeah, care. The NFL and I don't care sure. if it's a tomato can, quote unquote. I mean, the tomato cans in the NFL are still very very close to the, the It's the NFL. You're the right. The great ones? No, you're right. It's the NFL. This isn't you're not playing Timbuktu State. You have choked people out 
for three better than three quarters of the last two games. It's uh, to, to my point earlier. That's about just double digit leads. It's they've led for more. They they ran away with it in the fourth quarter against Miami, one yep. by nineteen. When they took the lead against Tennessee, forget it. It's a ball game. They did that against Cleveland from the outset. I mean, they just put the squeeze on. I think, which is what is scary, is I think they still haven't completely hit their stride offensively. Mm-hmm. I think defensively, playing pretty well, playing pretty solid, they're they're kind of finding their groove. But you're still working Demarius Thomas into the offense. He played Washington. Wait, let's see. He played Denver, Washington, Tennessee. He's only played four games. Yeah. DeAndre Carter's only played three games. Kiki QT hasn't played much this year. Hopefully you'll be able to get him back for the Colts, which would be huge because now you've got QT and Carter to yep. use, which would be kind of fun. So you've got, you've got different things going on with this offense that if you can kind of get in a little bit of a groove, which is weird to say when you've won nine in a row, but if you get in a little bit of a groove, who knows what you can do. But I talked to Bill O'Brien at halftime, and, and I, of course, chuckled about it later, but – I've seen that look before from him, and I know he wasn't. I knew he wasn't happy. Sure. So as I'm asking the first question, I'm looking. I'm like, "You're up 23 to nothing." In my mind, I'm thinking, "You're up 23 to nothing." Yeah, but he wants more touchdowns on offense. He wanted more touchdowns. He, only he got felt one. like Deshaun yeah. was getting dinged around a little yeah. bit. That they should protect him a little bit better. The Browns were bringing a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. and he thought like they handled it well, but they need to handle it better. I think when he went back and watched the film, he felt better on Monday. But you can feel better when you when you walk out of there with 29 to 13 lead. But defensively, made plays all day long. Justin Reed. Not only did Justin Reed have the strip fumble at the at the goal line, he had two big, huge hits where he knocked passes away. That would have been big completions. So, and he had another one on on uh, Landry that he almost knocked the ball back into he did. Landry's I, possession. He like did. I, that, it probably should have been an incompletion. I know. I he did. I, I that's what I thought. I thought he knocked the ball <laughs> back into Landry's hand. Yeah. And then Landry was like, "Oh, thanks." He kind of pinned it to his body when he landed. He had the ball. I like Landry. He's a good receiver. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I know people kind of. He's not a dink and dunker, man. He he no, caught a lot he, of long ones. He's, well, that was the thing in Miami. They yeah. they didn't throw it to him any further than any of the slot routes. I Jarvis is a really good receiver. I think that's going to be a decent a really team in the years to come. That Cleveland team. I, well, I think they're going to be more than decent. That's yeah. the scary part because this draft they hit on Chubb, they hit on Mayfield, they hit on Jannard Avery. Uh huh. Um, I think Miles Garrett is turning into a big time player. Sure. I mean, there's some things that he's got to clean up. He's got 11 and a half sacks. I mean, physically, he's got what you want. Now he's got to learn the art of pass rushing a little bit more. He's kind of more a scientist. That happens, though. He's but, a young guy, yeah. But that, you know, hopefully we don't have to see them for a while because I think they are going to be pretty good. And Baker's, Baker's as advertised. Mm-hmm. He's he's as good as advertised. I I seen him on film the two prior weeks against the Falcons and against the uh, Bengals. Well, he could tell you he's impressive, but it was like, okay, what about our defense? And he gave our defense some issue in the second half, mm-hmm. but by that point, it was too late. Um, it was too late at that point to really kind of put a bunch together against our defense. But I think it was excellent work against the guy. Now, when you see Baker Mayfield and you see Andrew Luck, they don't look physically anything like each other. Nope. But they play a lot alike. Yeah. And I think that's going to help them for this week. Scrambling, getting getting uh, yards downfield yep. after they get out of the pocket. Okay, let's talk about this game because it was a high-scoring affair in Indianapolis. I don't see that happening, at least combined, this time around. Um, I don't think you're going to shut out Andrew Luck. I think that was a bit of an aberration. That's what happened last Sunday. But because you, you, know, you just bring up this offense is not, quote-unquote, clicked all the way and not exploded all the way, I think that's in part 
because of the diversity of weapons, meaning you've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got True. Demarius Thomas. Oh, well, sometimes you have Kiki QT. You have these tight ends that are rookies. Oh, Lamar Miller's running the ball well. Right. It's it's It really is a – it's truly a game plan offense. Like Bill O'Brien's talked this about is what, yeah. from, from day one. Absolutely. He's, he's got the guy under center to make that happen. And because of that, I just don't see – I don't see this back and forth like we saw last time up there. I just don't. I think the Texans can explode. I think they can can kind of force their will on people. And I also think they're going to be a little bit cleaner with the ball. Five of their last six, John, they haven't turned the ball over. Yeah. Five of their last six. They had kind of that, that hiccup in Washington where they lost the turnover battle but still win the game. Yeah. But otherwise, they have not turned the ball. I mean, this is amazing. This is heady stuff. That's my thing. I just... I don't. I don't see this being a, a high-scoring affair with both both squads. Well, I think the way it becomes a high-scoring affair is if the Colts hit T.Y. Hilton early. Mm-hmm. If they hit him big early, they get up early. They're up thirteen nothing. They're up ten nothing. They're up something like you know, like Tennessee was. Because then I think the Texans' offense will be forced to put the throttle down, and and really have to you know have to go get it. Kind of like they did against Tennessee. I I just felt like against Tennessee they got that, you know they got the what thirty four to ten lead and it was like all right they put it on cruise control. Yeah, I think if this team is forced at some point to have to have to do what what Andrew Luck did, I think it could do that. Yeah, I think it absolutely could do that. Hopefully it doesn't get there, but I think it could do that if it needed to. That's the thing I like, and I and I said this I said this earlier this year, and, and you and I have talked about this. I think teams that win championships can do it different ways. And that's what the Texans have been doing. They've got to win different ways. They've they won, won ugly. It. They've won easily. Absolutely. You know, they, they've scored 42 in a win. Mm-hmm. They scored 19 in a win. Yep. They, they have done things where the defense had to bail them out, mm-hmm. um, and the defense has bailed them out. They had a game where the defense needed bailed, being bailed out in Indianapolis. So I think with this one, the key is the, the key to me. Yes, Andrew Luck is the key, but I think Hilton. I think T.Y. Hilton, watching Antonio Callaway last week, it was like, oh, boy, he's good. Yeah. He's not Hilton. No. And watching T.Y. Hilton against the Titans, what he was able to do, especially down the field. Now, the Jags clamped down on that. Now, it helps because they got Jalen Ramsey. They got a good pass rush. But you know what? So does this group. But the one the one thing that Hilton can exploit is a team that really doesn't have – it doesn't have a Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He can't exploit that, you know, because he runs such good routes – and the Texans are going to be deep conscious, and I think they will. But the way the Colts beat the Titans was both play-action fake, Biden being undisciplined, mm-hmm. Hilton getting one-on-one, Luck dropping a bomb. Yeah. And that's the one thing you cannot be against these guys. And I think the Texans, it wasn't so much the undisciplined nature that got them in week four, but it was the fatigue factor. Yeah. The fatigue factor really got them down because Luck went two-minute, and every everybody on the field. I mean, I remember that last – that touchdown that they scored Hand, to get it with lots two. of hands on hips. Look, everybody was on the ground. Yeah, yeah, they were on their knees. They were every on both sides, not just the defense, but them too. And remember, while it wasn't a scorcher, it was a sunny day, and that roof was open. Yeah, that's true. So, like, it wasn't bad, but you play a football game for three hours. At the end yeah. of those three hours, and then you tack on overtime. You're going to be a full little bit, overtime, all ten a minutes. Full overtime. You're going to be a little bit more tired. You're not going to have that. The, the roof will be closed. It'll be cool. It's going to be climate controlled. You're not going to see that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I, I I think offensively it's Hilton. I think defensively the the key is they're going to want to penetrate and get upfield. That's what they yeah. do. They penetrate and they get upfield. You you've got a 
you got to counter that. And they were able to counter that. If you remember back to week four, they ran Deshaun on some on some design quarterback runs. Yep. They were very successful. They used Kiki QT with some orbit motion, some uh-huh. jet motion. They used him in different ways. Kiki had 11 catches that day. But what did they do? They turned Indianapolis over. They turned him over. The Watt strip sack was huge. Clowney, I think to me, when we look back on this season, no matter what happens, the trigger of the nine-game win streak was Ryan Kelly botching that snap that Clowney got on in, in, the, in the first quarter. And think about it. Two years ago, Clowney's play of the season – the strip sack on Andrew yep. Luck when they're about to go in and Absolutely. go Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, it's big plays nice like that that's there. really has helped, really have helped them. I think this one, I, I'm with you, Drew. I, I mean, could I see 37-34 again? Potentially. I could see it from one of those teams. I don't I don't see it from both. Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I hope we don't see 37-34, and I hope we don't see overtime. But what I do, I wrote this in observations. One by 19 against the Dolphins, one by 17 against the Titans, one by 16 against the Browns. We can win this one by one against the Colts, and I wouldn't care. Nope. And I don't think Bill O'Brien would care. Nope. I don't, I don't think it would matter. I think getting to 10 wins, not so much the 10-win streak, but getting to 10 wins, I think, is is huge at this point of the year in December to go, okay, we're 10-3. and three. We're, right, we're yep. right in the mix. Now let's let's finish this thing the way we need to to move on to the playoffs. Get greedy. Yeah. Get greedy. you got to be Absolutely. greedy because you want to play here at home as much as you possibly can no in doubt. January, for sure. Hey, uh, love doing this with you, John. Good stuff as always. Can't wait to uh, go through this week. This has been fun, man. These, We want a lot more. We want to get greedy. But it's important to remember, these are some good old days right now, all right? I don't mean to be wistful. I don't mean <laughs> to be nostalgic. Uh, I don't mean to sound like an old man. But sometimes you got to and remember what's going on. I don't know. I just feel like I had to get that out there. I'm glad you did. Thank you, man. Thanks, Brosif. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you all for listening. And oh, should I tell my Randy Macho Man Savage story like I promised? Oh, yeah. You want to do that or you want to save it? Let's do it. I said I would do it last okay. time. So. All right. Macho Madness. The Randy Macho Man Savage Story by right. Drew Doherty. Johnny, I uh, graduated college in 2000 from SMU. Got a job in, like, October of that year mm-hmm. producing a TV show. It was a sports talk show, basically. It was yeah. like a radio sports talk, but it was on TV. So we'd have writers on, and we'd talk about games. We'd have athletes on, cowboys, etc. It was for the state of Texas, though, so it wasn't just a Dallas show. Well... In May, I get an email from somebody who's promoting a Slim Jim freak show. And basically, back then, Slim Jim was going around the country, and they'd have people that would swallow fire and ride around (laughs) on unicorns. But their spokesman at that point was also Randy the Macho Man Savage. And they said, would you like to have the Macho Man on your show? And I'm not sure... If it took six seconds or five seconds for me to get the reply off, and it was it was some form of hell yes. <laughs> so the macho man comes on our show on a Thursday night, and I was in a char- I was in charge of you know writing some of the stuff for the show, producing the show. But in, in addition to that, I had to like basically get the guests when they rolled up because mm-hmm. I sent a limo for these guys and I had to organize a limo, pick up, drop off all that. So I had to go meet the macho man at the front gate get him out of the limo, get him oh, in the building, wow. which was awesome. Because I was a wrestling fan growing yeah, up. Yeah, of I course. Loved, I grew up on you know Hogan and Macho Man, Andre the Giant, Junkyard yeah. Dog, Big Ted John DiBiase. Star, Ted the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, all the Mr. Perfect. Yeah. So this was exciting for me. And I worked with a guy who was my age named Chris Pelican. And then there's a guy your age, you're only three years older than me, Brian Giesenslaw, four years older than me. Uh, and so Pelican and I knew about wrestling. Giesenslaw didn't know anything about wrestling. Oh, God. 
And those two jokers are on my they're on my office wall. That picture <laughs> Cincinnati. Anyways, Pelican and I basically prepped Giesenthal, and he was really really worried that he was going to have like run out of stuff to talk about. And we were like, trust us, you're not going to have to worry about anything with the Macho Man. This guy's been around and, and entertained. Macho Man comes in. I meet him. Nice as can be. Comes oh, in the green room. Awesome. We're chi- I'm just chit chatting. I was like. I was basically Chris Farley in that Paul McCartney skit. I was like, hey, you remember that time when you took the bell of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's throat? He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And, he was, and then we started talking baseball, and he's like, got my knee ripped up. And he was like in single A with yeah, the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, he was yeah. really he's a promising catcher. He was awesome. And he goes on the show. Geese and Sodden get to like a quarter of his qu- – it was because it was the Macho Man, and, and he had just shot his role – in the Spider-Man movie, he was Bonesaw McGraw was swinging from the chandelier with Kirsten Dunst. He talked about that. Oh man, I don't remember that. It was so cool. He was awesome. He was my. I'm have to go favorite, find that now because I don't remember that. Favorite uh, sports talk, TXCN sports talk guest, Ford sports talk guest. It was it was so much fun. And so afterwards, I say, Macho Man, can I please get my picture taken with you? Absolutely. Takes one picture, you know, the standard smile and look at the camera, and I go. Macho Man, can you please put me in a headlock for this picture? Absolutely puts me in a headlock. He was great. It was really cool. Sky Point, rest in peace. Randy Macho Man Savage, love you, miss you. Had to tell that story, John. I love In the Lab Story Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the Lab Story Time is awesome. We're going to have to do a story time from you next week concerning. Got to think about what it should be. All right. We're gonna do this is gonna be. we've just added a new element to the show. Yeah, in the lab story time. It's yeah. awesome. All right. We should get some cool music to go behind it too. Okay. We'll we'll do that. We're what not gonna have music that? this time, but we no. will for the next time, okay? All right, that sounds good. All right. Thanks all for listening. We'll see you again.